guys, uh, welcome to another episode of Reality TV and Me. I'm your host, Kirsty, and today we're covering a little bit of Housewives and a, a lot of Vanderpump Rules with with a special sort of mini interview with Billy Lee from Vanderpump. So that'll be fun. That'll come a little bit later on. Um, her and I discuss. What it's why is it important to have more trans visibility on TV and how the show's changed her life. So all very exciting stuff. So while we're on Billy, may as well mention that this episode she was saying this is her final surgery. I mean, she looks perfection to me. Um she's just absolutely beautiful. Uh, but she's having a surgery so where they apparently suck the fat out of her entire body and shove it into her hips and ass. And I'd be lying if I said I was not hella a jelly. I'm super jellyfish and I need that immediately. I want my little belly pooch sucked out and I want it stuffed into that fat ass so I can be Kardashian level hourglass. I mean, I would just die. But unfortunately, I might have to wait till I win the lottery for that to happen. Anyway, my entire family knows that I aspire to look like one of those crazy cat ladies where their faces looks like they've been caught in a brisk wind. So just kind of pulled back so they're ears are stuck to the back of their head and their eyeballs are, you know, squeezed so tightly they can't even see straight. Hashtag alive girls. I cannot even. Yeah, so, so that is, you know, that's the, the dream. That's the life mission. But for the time being, I guess I'll just have to sit around looking like a bit of a hag until then. Meanwhile, did enjoy those pictures last week of old school Stasi without a chin. And then she got that chin implant and now she's looking smoking hot. That's one thing I, that's one problem I don't have. I do have, I have a, a decent chin on me. It's not like some kind of hefty motherfucker, but it's not an invisible chin. It's definitely loud and proud. Anywho, so we also get into the beer cheese in this episode a little more. I mean, <laughs> it churns my stomach to watch Brittany slicing up that like, yellow American cheese that's basically 50% plastic anyway, melting it down and just pouring beer into a pot. Oh, I mean, oh, it's so fucking disgusting. Disgusting. Basically, she's created like a cheese, melted cheese beer dip combo. And this she wants to sell for profit. Yeah. Um, I don't know. To me, that sounds like a disaster waiting to happen. But you know what? If you, that's what you want to invest your life savings into, you go for it, girl. What do I care? Um, mm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> and then she did the taste test and they just do this kind of montage of everyone's faces struggling through. I mean, it just looked like the inner lining of my arteries after Christmas. It did not 
look like it was going to do any of them any favors. And to be honest, have you seen Brittany and Jax on social media lately? They are not eating a single drop of that beer cheese. I mean, they are just like looking fit as fork. So good on them, but I want somebody that actually wants to eat their own products. Oh my, and when the producers in the talking head with Jax, when they were like, when he was like, oh yeah, no, I know how to run a business. And the producer's like, so, um, how do you run a business? And he's like, um, sorry, I know I just said that, but actually I don't know how to run a business. <laughs> it's like, um, I think you just have to work really hard. Ah, uh, I died. I died. Because Jax has no fucking idea what he's doing. He's just going to be dragging his heels behind Brittany, eating some beer cheese that falls on the ground. And Brittany is going to be doing all the hard lifting, all the cooking, all the melting, all the beering, and all the business side of things. But that's enough about beer cheese because, like I told you a couple of weeks ago, I am still, like, fist deep in cheese right now. I, like, for the last two weeks have... Uh, I had, oh, I'm so ashamed to say this, but I'm hashtag no regrets. I have consumed at least one block of cheese for a meal per day. And I still have like six blocks of cheese left in my fridge. <sighs> Look, variety is the spice of life. They're not all one beer cheese. They are a different variety of cheeses, but it's gotten bad guys. I even googled if you can have an addiction to cheese and apparently there is a strange compound in cheese that you can become addicted to. And no joke, I've been waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning thinking about cheese. I've been dreaming about cheese. The other night I got up in the middle of the night, first thing I thought about, I need some blue cheese in me now. If you're waking up in the middle of the night eating moldy cheese that smells like feet, you know you got a problem. Uh, speaking of problems, um, segue, amazing, well done me. Um, James is in a bit of a pickle. I mean, when he was moving boxes for Sheena, first of all, Sheena, what an asshole. But anyway, um, I mean, I think we're all agreed that she's the worst and I don't even want to give her any more satisfaction by talking about her. She just needs to go. But he looked fucked. Like, I know he said he'd stop drinking, but what, like three hours ago, his face, he just looked wrecked, man. He looks like he's deteriorating. It does net look good. So yeah, I think he needs to, I mean, I think it's the right decision for him to not drink alcohol ever again. Um, I really enjoyed that little luncheon that he had with his entire family, even though his parents are divorced and his two brothers I mean, when he gave his brother the card, I was like, oh, yeah, he's just going to give him, like, maybe 50 bucks because that's what I would give my brother on a good day. But, um, no, five grand? Um, what the fuck? No wonder everyone wants to keep him at sea next Tuesday. He must be doing a pretty damn good. Would they say, like, an extra 20% profit on Tuesdays? Well, he doesn't seem to be um, doing too badly for himself. So yeah, that was a really sweet scene. We're getting to know Raquel a bit more and despite every like bone in my body wanting to continue to hate her, 
I am starting to develop a little soft spot for her in my black tar heart. She just loves him so much. And I kind of, like, I'm pissed off at Lala because I used to love her and I think she's got too big for her britches. You know, talking about, oh, I just went to this movie premiere and now I have to work here at Sir. Like, come on, Sir made you, bitch. Be grateful. And, you know, being all aggressive, clapping in um, little the little rascal's face. Like, it's just so bougie and unnecessary and, I don't know, over the top. It, she, she feels to me that she's acting or if she's not, she's just a bitch. And I don't like that. I know, I used to really like her, but, like, this is the first season I've had doubts about it, but, yeah, I don't know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not liking her, um, attacks, first of all, she's like, well, if, if it, if, um, if Jamesy is cheating on Raxi, like, obviously Raquel doesn't care, like, whether or not she believes it, you know, she's choosing not to believe it, okay? Or she knows about it and she's okay with it. Or she's not okay with it and she's talking to James with it. Either way, she's decided to stay with him. Like, it it doesn't make it any easier, everyone telling her that she's a fucking idiot for staying with him. I mean, how well did that turn out for Brittany and Jax? Um, and not well, bitches. Because, you know, she ends up with them anyway. A year later, they're engaged. If you basically tell somebody, berate them um, from being with somebody, well, first of all, they could rebel against you. I don't really take Raquel as the rebelling sort, but she just obviously wants to be with him anyway. So she's made that choice. So why can't we all just, if we can't support her, just shut the fuck up. You know, like if Lala had listened to everyone telling her not to break, be a homewrecker and break up this marriage, she wouldn't be engaged to her man. So, I mean, all of these bitches are stupid. Everyone told Katie she was stupid because Schwartzy was never going to propose. Now they're married. I'm not saying any of these couples are desirable. I wouldn't want to be in any one of these relationships, but let these people die on their own sword. That's all I'm saying. I did feel for the little rascal when she started to talk about... I mean, I don't... I have no idea what she was talking about, the ice cream scoops. But I did feel for her in that I was also in the dum-dum group at school, particularly in primary school. I don't know. I think because my brain is a little bit twisted. I could read, but I couldn't make sense of sentences, if that makes sense. Like, I couldn't... It was almost like a dyslexia, but I don't know if there's a condition where, like, it's not the letters are jumbled. It's like the words are all in order, but they don't. You can't make them make sense, like, in a normal sentence. It's hard to describe because I haven't obviously had that problem. I I learned. Oh, my God, I'm so talented. I learned to read. I learned around it, and so now I can read like a normal human being. But I used to have to read the same sentence five times just to kind of figure out where the words went and what it was, what it meant. So I understand if people called me stupid for a long time, I would feel really sensitive about it. Also, it's a horrible thing to be called anyway, but especially if it triggers something in your, you know, childhood, it's just mean and I don't like it. Why does James get fired for fucking calling some girl fat and 
Lala can get away with calling someone an idiot. They're both abusive to somebody's character. Like they're both shitty things to do. And I'm I don't know whether or not James should have been fired. I I don't I I really can't speak to it because I can understand both sides and I think it's just cuz I like James better than Katie that I'm supporting James. But all I'm saying is apples for apples. However you, you know, treat one of these people, the other person the other person needs to be treated the same as well. So either fire Lala or don't fire James. Make up your mind, Lisa. Oh. And then we come to little Jamesy getting fired. It broke my tiny little shriveled bean of a heart. Because <sighs> I so I so know that moment where he's just like trying to figure out what she's actually saying. Is she actually firing me? And as soon as she said yes, he just broke and broke down in tears and, and just like the rep- repetition of, please, Lisa, please through his tears oh my god and like his desperation we just watched him give all that money to his brother he's supporting his family he you know it really broke my heart and especially because I actually think she's doing the right thing it sucks but it's the kind of thing an addict needs like that absolute kind of look there's always in my history of addictions, I have learned that there is always lower than what you think is your rock bottom. It's an ugly world out there. But maybe he needs to start hitting a few of those rock bottoms in order to really get that he can't drink. He's come from, you know, a family of addicts. He said his mum was an alcoholic. You know, she just said she's nine months sober. So it's in his it's in his genetic makeup. And he's obviously, you know seen it be normalized throughout his life it's it's a coping mechanism for him he needs to like like lisa said he cannot drink not a drop of alcohol if he wants to have a successful life i believe that but i do believe he is on the cusp of learning to change and that's what pissed me off about lala as well she had she's sober for like a year or so now she is um you know, she's decided that alcohol isn't good for her. And yet she's still kind of in this sobriety. When you get sober, you kind of go through this, like, I don't know, better than mindset or not so much better than, or some people do, but it's more like, you know, you start to see illness in everybody and you can become kind of judgmental. And that's where I see her at. It only lasts, I don't know, a couple of months, I suppose. I don't know. Who do I, I don't, what do I know? I only have one experience, my own, but it is that kind of like, oh, this person needs rehab, you know, you know, they're like, you can't throw your life experience on everybody else. And I feel like she's still in that bubble of, well, you know, this has made my life so much better. So it's definitely going to make his life better and he needs to do this and he's sick and, you know, putting all this judgment on him. I mean, you took your time to get there, Lala, on your own. He's going to take his time as well. And it might be tomorrow. It might be next year. It might be 20 years from now that he hits his rock bottom. It makes him change. But nobody telling you, um, like forcing shit down your throat, that's not going to change anybody's life, you know? Like, especially if you're an addict, that's just going to make it a much worse. It comes back to what I was saying about Raxi before. It's like, James is the type of guy to rebel 
rebel against that kind of thing. I 100% believe that after he got fired, he went out on some crazy bender because he was like, well, fuck it. You know, I've been sober a week. It's not changed my life. I've been fired now anyway. I've got nothing. Let's get shit-faced. But hopefully, after he woke up with the hangover from hell the next day, he pulled his socks up and got on with his life. And I actually think Raquel is kind of good for him in that way because she's somewhat of a, you know, an even keel. And we've never seen her really drunk. You know, I think she probably leaves, leads a pretty um, clean life because she's been studying. And so hopefully that kind of is a bit of a good influence on him as well. Aside from that, we had the interview with, um, well, the interviews for Tom Tom with Tom and Tom. And, um, oh my God, they're just so useless. Thank God Lisa was there to kind of guide the ship. But it is kind of like she's sitting between the angel and the devil in her ears. It was just so funny to watch Schwartzy just, you know, just be so in love with every single person that walked in the door. If he could, he would hire everyone. And then we've got um, Tom One sitting on the other side of her, just like like ripping into everyone, making sure nobody's lying about their resumes, really like quick quizzing everyone in depth. And he doesn't like anyone kind of reminded of me and my my beefy Blakey from last episode where he just sees the good in everyone he loves Raquel and he loves Schwartzy and he loves all the ones that I just hate which is I guess everyone on the show it is really of one of those love to hate kind of casts (laughs) and he sees the good in everyone like rainbows spew from their hearts and I'm just like oh my god this person needs to go <sighs> Anywho, on that, I guess, hopefully, I was happy to see um, the preview from next week where Lisa knocks on James's door. He was so cute. He's like, <gasps> little gasp before it cut out. I love all these grown men with these tiny little fluffy dogs, FYI. Super cute. But yeah, not loving the Ariana um, Stasi friendship. I think... There's a reason people don't do winter parties in summer. Because it's the lamest idea ever. Anyway, I don't like them being friends. It's pissing me off. I need them to fall out. James is the most exciting thing on the show right now. So, I don't know. Let's see what happens, I guess. Um, Pretty sure they're um, casting during the TomTom interviews. Sorry, I'm jumping around a little bit and just trying to get my last few little notes out that I'd forgotten. Um... The Tom Tom interviews, could they? Could they not be casting for a Tom Tom spinoff? I wouldn't hate it because oh, I need a fresh cast. These guys are getting too old. They're getting too settled. I mean, when Sheena was saying that she got the apartment that she was moving out of in 2010 and she was 25, I'm like, oh my God. These people are like 40 years old. I didn't even realize. And then I'm like, fuck, how old am I? Because I've been watching from the start. And look, it was just all very confronting. So I need a new fresh cast so I can feel 25 again because uh, I don't want to feel 35. Any who's or Watson, actually, fuck that. I don't ever want to be 25 again. I'd rather die. 
So bring on my 30s. Anyway, I'm getting into Oprah territory with my voice here. So I think that means that I need to move on. I'm going to play my little clip with Billy. Um, I reached out to her and got her and sent her a couple of questions, asked her to record a quick little clip for me, uh, answering those questions. So I'll get into that. And after that, we'll do a little bit of Atlanta. Bye. Hey, Christy, it's Billy Lee. I have to say, um, being visible to normalize the trans experience is really important. So I think people need to be on TV. They need to be in place. They need to be talked about. Also having a personal connection, someone feeling like they got to know me through a television, build that personal connection, which also helps with acceptance and um, really treating people with respect. And, um, you know, like Ellen, she really broke through. People didn't want a lesbian on daytime TV and she made it happen. She was visible. And that was a huge movement, a powerful thing for the, Uh, gay community so it's just all about being visible and I definitely think um, my life has changed a lot it's definitely harder to date because I'm publicly open about being trans Um, there's a lot of good things bad things but I'm grateful to be part of this experience and be visible for other trans people so even though Miss Billy Lee called me Christy. Oh, makes me feel like I'm from the Babysitter's Club instead of Kirsty. I absolutely love her. She was very generous with her knowledge and her experience. And I thought she made excellent points. It's just so true that the more diversity that we can have on TV and in the media in general, the less confronting it will be to people when they're when they're experience you know meeting a trans person in real life or meeting a gay person in real life like 50 years ago that you know was quite confronting to some people because people hid it nobody knew that you know maybe had the bravery to come out because they didn't want to get beaten up and that's a hundred percent fair enough so I think more and more people coming forward and just representing whatever community they belong to is always a positive thing so good on her Um, I think it's extremely brave and important Uh, aside from that I was actually shocked that she said that she was having more trouble dating I don't know I would have thought like being on tv and she's so beautiful she said she's openly you know because she's since people know she's openly trans it's been harder and I honestly wasn't expecting that. So I thought it would be easier because, you know, there's a lot of fame whores out there, but maybe she's good at spotting them and doesn't want to be with those people, which good on her. But, you know, as soon as you hear all the time, as soon as people become known in, in the media, everyone sort of jumps on the bandwagon. So, yeah, I thought that was... Um, you know, that's difficult, but interesting to hear her experience. And hopefully I'll talk to her again in the not so distant future. Thanks, Billy. Okay, so Atlanta. UK. Okay, so, you know, I was saying last time that I'm a little bit bored of Atlanta, but I, this episode is bringing me back a little bit. It was just so joyful and... um you know, Portia, everyone's sort of gossiping and wondering about Portia's pregnancy and seeing the girl's excitement for her and Nini's in the bedroom when Portia was opening up a little bit, saying that she thought she 
might be pregnant and admitting that her Hennessy was fuck. Um, I just thought that was, it was really sweet that they were all sort of banding together and, you know, and, you know, they all, they're, they're all mothers. I think at least most of them are, and they all know that how much Porsche's really wanted to be a mum and, you know, be in love and happily married. So they all, um, are really supportive of that. And I think it's just, it's just really, it's going to be so nice. So that really put a smile on my face. And Porsche is, I am not one to use this term because I'm not a baby person, but she is the epitome of glowing. She's just radiating happiness. She is so in love with her man and her baby and this whole new stage that she's sort of going through at the moment and really, you know, deserves to have this kind of fresh start. So I'm I'm really happy for her. She posted a lot of photo a photo shoot this week of um she's calling it the baby moon. <laughs> like a honeymoon for her pregnancy, I guess. She did a, a pregnancy photo shoot in a bikini and she is just looking fly AF. So like about to burst, so beautiful. Makeup on fleek, if the kids are still saying that. Um, gorgeous, like, fuchsia-coloured bikini. Celebrating that belly and just looking absolutely fucking gorge. So she didn't admit that she was pregnant to the girls, but she did um, admit to Nini that she wasn't drinking real Hennessy. She was mixing it with Coke and apple juice to pretend. Which, I mean, seems a bit redundant considering she said that she was um on an alcohol free cleanse anyway but um yeah I guess she was just trying to make them believe trust and believe a little bit more but I actually thought it did her a disservice because she was so awkward about it at the table anywho I really got a lot out of her this episode she's just so happy and it's it's giving me life so we had Marlo come in and burst in on Shamari, try and give her a makeover, which I actually, <laughs> I loved. I don't know why Shamari got all twisted about that, but then during the competition or whatever it was later, when that new girl who is so unmemorable that I don't even, like, cannot get her name, is that, is it Tanya? Is that the one who's, uh, anyway. So then when she starts dressing her later, she's all cool with it. I mean, I don't know, maybe it was Marlo's approach. Marlo is, you know, a pretty strong-headed woman, um, kind of aggressive in nature. But, yeah, I don't know. I think um, Shamari is just a little bit... Mm, I don't know. She has a stick-up her ass, and I don't like her. So, I don't know. She's still... I'm still undecided about that. She needs to kind of win win me over a little bit more. I'm not a big fan of all the games, but Bitch Stole My Talent was a fun one. And it had that little, like, enough competition without getting too shady, but just enough shade. And I don't know, everyone was kind of, um, I, it may be really uncomfortable that everyone would always vote for one person. There was never a mixed vote in any of the three competitions. It was always just like, what, well, um... Cynthia won the modeling. Nobody voted for Eva. That was Okimo's. 
Same with um Candy and Shamari. Shamari won. Oh my god, Shamari's voice is phenoms. Like, I mean, Candy is incredible. She's just an absolute, you know, triple threat. I don't even know if that's true, but she is phenomenal in like business and songwriting and she's got an amazing voice as well, but I'd never heard Shamari sing before and I was floored, especially because they were playing it out like um, Candy was going to fucking kill when she was rehearsing and hitting those high notes, but yeah, damn girl, even when she was arguing with um, Marlo at the dinner table later and they were doing the whole... Bitch, you bitch, you're a bitch, your mama's a bitch. Whole shenanigan, um, which I enjoyed thoroughly. Yeah, and Marlo comes back and's like, oh, you can't even sing. I'm like, um, girl, I'm sorry, but were you watching the same show as me? Because bitch can sing. If nothing else, maybe she can't dress well, maybe she's boring as fuck, but girl can sing. She and the rap loose. And I thought Candy was pretty awesome how she was admitting to being nervous. Like, even, <coughs> excuse me, even after, what, I don't know, at least 25 years in the industry, she's still getting nervous just singing to her friends. Because it always is, I'm a her, it always is the most intimidating when you're performing to a small knit group and it's your family and it's your friends. And I don't know, I thought that was really cute of her to admit that, especially because she's such a professional. But yeah, that was, um, that was really amazing. Who else did we have? Then we had the fashion icons. I think Marlo should have won. Um, I don't know that, that, that outfit of Tanya's was like, I get why she won. Cause she had the different layers and then stripped off into the, the bathing suit or whatever. Um, but I just thought, Maybe that's just me. I like the wild, bright colors that Marlo brings. And Marlo is consistently bringing us looks that are just insane. And I like someone that's not afraid to push boundaries, you know? So I enjoyed that. But yeah, I thought it was funny how everything was just weighted one way and the other person was just like, okay, well, could have at least had one vote. Orcs. <laughs> I thought it was cute that everyone really got into it as well. It wasn't, you know, they weren't too cool for this, you know, this little competition. They really, you know, had 15 minutes to get ready for it, get prepared, and they, they worked hard. Um, yes, okay, Cynthia should have, you know, won. She was phenomenal, and she's obviously been in the industry for 30 years more, maybe, maybe 35. But Eva... I just fucking love her. She's just had a baby. She is like, puts on this lingerie. She struts down. She's given us looks. She's given us poses. I thought she brought it. I really like Eva. Um, I know she's like a little bit, being a little bit of a, uh, a pot stirrer this season, but I actually like her better for that, especially because... It's hard to tell whether she knows she's even pot staring because she's always so surprised when shit hits the fan. And I don't know, I like that about her. <laughs> so yeah, that's after that, that's when they break up to have half and half. Some girls get the massages and some do the aerial pilates, which I so want to try. I love pilates 
And if I, the only thing that can make it better is being in the air whilst doing so. <laughs> Although, I don't know, man. It looked like it would cut off a little bit of circulation hanging upside down with that ass. I was like, okay, maybe it looks fun, but it also looks terrifying. And I'm not sure I would want to be pregnant Portia, at least not in like the photos I've just seen with the belly out to here hanging from the ceiling like that. I think she was a pretty brave. In the meantime, the girls getting the massage and having their little gossip about <laughs> Portia's weight gain. She's not drinking alcohol, eating pickles. I mean, if she wasn't pregnant, it would be such a harsh conversation to look back on. My God, I'm just thinking if I saw my friends, if I, you know, turned on the TV and my friends are like, oh my God, you know what? She's looking a little thick. And have you seen the girl eat a pickle lately? She is scoffing them down. I mean, maybe it's just love weight. I'm sorry. I like myself a burger once in a while. What can I say? But Portia doesn't care because she knows that she is preggers. But she's going to make the girls wait a little longer. And all power to her because she's had a miscarriage before. You know, that's got to be really hard. So I thought it was cute that she just kind of almost opened up to Nini but wasn't ready to spill the beans entirely. And that's 100% her, you know, that's she's able to do whatever she wants until she's ready to let the world know, which now she is screaming it from the rooftops, which you would be. I mean, she's been wanting this for a long time and I'm happy for her. Then we're at dinner and this is where Shamari tries to score her second season by starting useless, unneeded drama, um, attacking Marlo for, I guess, helping, helping her try and get dressed in the morning. I mean... Uh, Marlo's crazy and always up for a fight, but I honestly think she thought she was doing a kind thing. Maybe it was the tone of Marlo's, um, you know, voice in the morning, the way she kind of just went in there forcefully. But honestly, I mean, I don't care. And maybe that's just me just taking sides because I don't like Shamari and find her tedious and you know, just next, but yeah, it just wasn't for me. And that's when they started, you know, calling each other bitches and the whole, your mother is a bitch ensued. But, um, yeah, not really sure if I care, to be honest. <laughs> I, I just, yeah, it wasn't, it, it didn't, it didn't draw me in as much as the positivity of the rest of the episode. All in all, I'm, I'm surprised Tanya is an official housewife because she hasn't done any talking heads yet that I can remember, but she is appearing in those um, opening credits and she's got herself a pooch. So, so far, I'm not sure why I'm not really feeling her, but um, I guess we'll just watch and through. I am, and I'll just jump into this quickly. I have to say, I am loving, is it Jackie? The new girl in, um, one of the two new girls. Don't ask me the name of the other one because Yawnsville. No, she's okay actually as well. But, um, just, I, I think Jackie is really the, the out, the new star of the crop in Real Housewives of New Jersey. 
Um, I love that she is bold, brassy, and brave enough to take on fucking Teresa. It's about motherfucking time. Yes, I'm so here for it. Jackie, like, not accepting Teresa's bullshit, not accepting being screamed at as a form of justifying your stance just because you're louder and you're talking over me and you're screaming at me does not make you right. And Jackie is going to stand her ground because she knows she's right. She's a brave ass motherfucker taking on the OG, but I think she is here to stay because she's strong. And that's what a normal person would do in this situation. They're not just going to back down you know, sometimes the girls will yell back. You know, Melissa will stand up for herself, but she, I think honestly she's fucking over it and she's tired because she knows it doesn't go anywhere. Danielle, we know if she fights back, she's just going to be screaming utter nonsense and they're both just yelling absolute bloody bullshit at each other and nobody's listening. Jackie is a smart woman who won't be bulldozed by, by insults and attacks won't be bulldozed by screaming. She's got a good point and that's, she's just repeating it. That's what my mom always said. She's like, you know what? Have one point. If you're, if you're ever in an argument with somebody and you believe you're right, have one point and drive it home. You don't need to say, you don't need to list, you know, a hundred little things that somebody's done to piss you off throughout your lifetime. It's focus on the one argument at hand. And that's what Teresa doesn't do. If she feels she's losing, she'll grab for other stuff. She'll grab for shit to try and make make her sound more in the right or more threatened or more attacked. And Jackie's not falling for it. And I'm loving it. So I'm actually really excited to, to watch and see what happens because I wasn't sure before the season came out, Andy was saying, Andy Cohen, as if you didn't know who I meant, the... um. The ASU was saying that he thought that this season was one of the best they've ever had. Um, and I was, you know, I wasn't sure whether to believe him um, because, you know, we've had a few shitty, boring seasons of Real Housewives of New Jersey. But OK, maybe we're taking a turn and it might be refreshing because we've got Atlanta, which is looking like, you know, pretty, pretty positive and happy and chill, which is, which is nice. I would like a little bit more fire. Seems a little bit manufactured at this stage, but maybe it's just a happy season and everyone's kind of cool. But then we've got, um, New Jersey, which has this fresh meat, which is kind of stirring things up a little bit, which is kind of fun. And I'm, I'm, I'm a bit more into it than I expected myself to be. So that's good. Loving Marge and Marge Senior. Marge just fucking kills me when she talks about her her mum's facelift and looking like death becomes her and all this stuff. It's so they're a little bit more um crass with their humor, but me it sort of reminds me of me and my mum. It's just like no, we just kind of joke around and talk shit and make fun of each other, and it's not like a I don't know what a normal mother daughter friendship is, but it's. It's just really, they have got that closeness of a mother-daughter, but they're also able to be friends and, you know, shoot the shit and take the piss out of each other without it being too serious as well. I enjoy that. I enjoy Marge's relationship with her hubby. And I just think she's, I like how she's taking on Danielle. 
because she is a true friend. I believe that she cares about Danielle, but Danielle is a fucking psycho with this wedding. I mean, total, like, bridezilla on crack, like, tenfold bridezilla. It's not even funny. She's just being a narcissistic bitch, and it's it's too much, especially considering um, she's obviously done it all for the show. I mean, maybe she loved the guy... Who does? It's irrelevant. They've split up now. So she just wanted this showy bachelorette party, this showy wedding. Trying, she's just clutching to you know whatever strings she can to try and maintain relevant on the show, and it's not working. I don't think we're gonna see her again after this season. I think that's it. Dunsville, Dunsky is next. Which I enjoy Danielle because she's just so insane to watch. It's kind of like the Kelly Ben Simone of the group. But eventually it gets a bit much. It's like, yeah, Brandy Glanville, Danielle, Staub and and Kelly Ben Simone. They're all those kind the kind of crazy that is not is could snap and murder you in your sleep. It's that and and at some stage that just doesn't become fun anymore. So it's a, it's a fine line. And seeing as apparently the rumor is that Brandy is going to be back in Beverly Hills uh, this, this coming season, maybe we don't need Danielle Staub. I don't know. Let's watch. The only other thing I will mention as we're on Danielle is that awkward conversation at dinner where she's basically uh, making her fiancé um, admit that He's like, I've chosen you over over his kids. I mean, he. I can see that he was backed into a corner and he knew that if he didn't agree with whatever she was asking him to, she was not going to stop and she was going to make his life a living hell because that's what a narcissist will do. But fuck me. She has children of her own. If anyone asked her to put them second best... She would have a motherfucking field day. She would flip a switch. So I thought that was really cruel and unnecessary. And um, yeah, I didn't love that. So yeah, I think that's pretty much me covered for Tadar. We will have, apparently they're doing a double episode of um, Real Houses of New York, uh, sorry, New Jersey next time. So Hopefully there'll be some fire that we can catch up on. Otherwise, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed. If you want to be caught up with all of uh, my new episodes coming out, probably the best way to follow that is by my Instagram, which you can just search. Um, the handle is at Kirsten Moore underscore music. Um, and otherwise you've got the Facebook page, which is Facebook slash Kirsty with a Y more music. Uh, and if you're confused or having trouble with either of those links, just go to my website, kirstenmore.com.au and all the links are in the top right hand corner to everything that I do. So now we're on iTunes, Spotify and SoundCloud. So you can get us pretty much anywhere that you get podcasts um yeah this has been fun i'll catch up with you next week bye